Welcome back in. Brady Farkas show right here on this Friday on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Short show today. We're up until 610 and then Red Sox baseball. Hoping the Sox can mix in a win once in a while this uh, this week here after being swept by the Blue Jays. But uh, I want to turn my attention to something that's gotten far more traction than I expected it to over the last couple of days. And this is everybody being mad at me about my eSports uh you know, discussions from this week. So joining me now to maybe set the record straight for me is David Marlowe. He's the athletic director at uh, Mount Mansfield Union High School in Jericho. And David, appreciate you being with us. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks for having me, Brady. Good and I, would say, I don't think we're necessarily angry with you. I just think we disagree with your, your, um, your comments about the, the practices and, and competitions and so forth. Some people seem to be angry at me, and okay. uh, we can we can get to them. Let's let's get some logistical info here first. Um, how close <clears throat> is esports to becoming a VPA sanctioned sport? How close? I I don't know an officially sanctioned sport. I do know there are some high schools, South Burlington, CVU, being two in Chittenden County, that um, that have esports teams already started up. Um, I also know like down South Fair Haven's had one for quite a while now. Um, I know the VPA is looking to add it as, as another activity um, that they sanction. And in doing so, there's a committee that's forming um, within the VPA ranks um, to kind of explore this option more and see what works best for, for the schools that are interested, which we are definitely interested in, in doing. What would the benefit, of adding esports be to your high school or any high school that's interested? Yeah, I think the benefit's no different than any other activity or sport that you you try to add within the walls of your building. And it's um, inclusion and a sense of uh, community for those students who may not um, have another avenue to feel included within the school community. So you know, like I said in our dialogue back and forth, you know, in my, I've, this is year 11 for me at Mount Mansfield. Um, five or six years ago, we started volleyball as a varsity sport and girls on the girls' side. Um, you know, we now have close to 40 participants. Um, we started Ultimate Frisbee around the same time. And my story with Ultimate is, you know, hearing kids at the water fountain at the end of the day saying, hey, check out my Ultimate jersey. Now I'm part of a team here. You know, and we gave out 30 varsity letters that first year. And so those are 30 kids that would not have received a varsity letter if it wasn't for Ultimate Frisbee. Um, and now this last spring, we had over 70 kids on our Ultimate team. Um, and then boys volleyball has grown over the last, since 2019, where we had nine kids, we now have 40 plus playing boys volleyball as well. Does it take away from other, you know, quote unquote, regular sports like football or soccer? Sure. But it, I think it adds more value than it does uh, more harm within the building. Maybe my concern is less for the schools in Chittenden County or for the bigger schools in the state and more for those division two, three, and four schools. I, I look around the state and there are sports that are, you know, there are, there are schools that are combining with two, three, four, five schools just to field a team. And one of my thoughts has been, that if you add esports or really any other activity, any other non-traditional sport, you run the risk of taking numbers away from those teams that already don't have numbers. Maybe that's not a concern at your school, but is it a fair concern somewhere around the state? I'm sure everyone has that kind of concern around the state, um, especially at those smaller schools. But I look at 
you know, again, to use your example, you had yesterday on online with U32 football mm-hmm. and they have six different schools coming in and, and participating in football. U32 is providing an opportunity for those kids who wouldn't have an opportunity to play football otherwise because their school doesn't have a football team. Um, and it could be for a variety of reasons. I don't think by including, by adding a new activity or a new sport into your building, I don't think it's going to affect the the overall population as much as, as one may think it does. If anything, I think it may actually help the population in the community more. David Marlowe, athletic director at Mount Mansfield with us here on the Brady Farkas show on WDEV. So I want to step back and make my position clear again. I am okay with esports being a VPA sport. I am okay with it being, you know, I, I am okay with kids being dual rostered and playing football or soccer or volleyball and doing esports. My only ask is that those sports be the primary. And I don't get why I'm getting so much grief on that because I've talked to leaders around the state. And as I understand it, when bass fishing got put in, that is a fall sport. There are kids that play fall sports and do bass fishing. And the team sport is the required primary sport. And you do bass fishing when you're not doing your other sport. That is all I'm asking for here. And I don't get why I'm getting so much pushback on that. I, I don't think the dual sport athlete in one season is anything new in a lot of places. I mean, we have a lot of athletes who in the spring in particular do track and field and play lacrosse, baseball, softball. I mean, one of our, one of our better male athletes we had a few years ago was probably our best boys lacrosse player, but also was a state champ, multiple state championship winner in track and field. And, you know, I don't think, I think schools can find a way to, to allow kids to do multiple things in one season if it works. Obviously, there are some sports that it doesn't work with. Um, but, you know, it, those sports are easy. Bass fishing is another example of something that could be easy to make it work because there's only two events in the fall. You know, and honestly, you're not going out and, and practicing how to cast, you know, five days a week um, for just two events. And so I think there is some flexibility there that you're able to to provide. And I think esports is another one of those opportunities that, that students are able to, to have that flexibility. I don't foresee it being an issue doing dual sports both ways. You know, the VPA does have a loyalty clause where they have to, you know, you have to be loyal to your school's activities. It's really, it's really made for those outside organizations during the same season. You know, for instance, like soccer or football and AAU basketball during mm-hmm. the during this fall. But, you know, I know here at MMU, when we have a student athlete who wants to do multiple sports, we sit down with them and the coaches and we work it out because ultimately, you know, it's if what the athlete wants to do and you don't want to lose an athlete because you're not willing to be flexible. So isn't that exactly what I was saying though, from the start, I said that I thought that if a kid was dual rostered, that there should be no mandatory practices for that kid. And basically saying that, okay, the kid's got the primary sport of football, then he doesn't have to go to esports practice if it's the exact same time. But if he doesn't have football, then he goes to esports practice. That's exactly what I said. And I'm still confused by maybe not from you, but all the pushback that I've been getting. Yes, I, I guess what I am guilty of is I would like the team sport to be the primary sport always. And maybe somebody wants esports to be their primary sport. And maybe that's one thing that I'm not willing to bend on that someone's mad at me about. But 
I want the team sport to be the primary sport to keep the numbers strong. And then you can go do esports to your heart's content when your schedule allows for it. And I've asked the competitions to be on days where they're not likely to interfere with the team sport. That is why I said Sunday. And while I understand there are some Sunday activities, it's certainly more rare than other days of the week. I feel like now we're getting to the point where we agree, but we're just saying it differently. Yeah, I mean, I do I do think, you know, typically, you know, the VPA has that rule where you need to have one day off within a seven-day period, right? So mm-hmm. even with the team sports, you need to have, you need to offer that one day. A lot of schools offer Sundays as being that day off, you know, it varies depending on the sport around here. A lot of times teams are practicing on Sundays. They'll take Saturday off or they'll take a Thursday off during the week or something. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, ultimately, you know, I, I think if esports does come in and it's sanctioned, you have to treat it like you would any other team sport because technically it is a team sport. It looks different than than your normal, typical soccer, football, basketball. But it's it's really in order for it to gain any traction and to, to hold its weight, you need to treat it no differently than you would any of the other sports. The kid who you talked about who was the best lacrosse player and the best track and field athlete, when three o'clock comes around and there's lacrosse practice and track practice, he's not at both of them. So how he does splits it get his time? He splits his time. He would split his time. And to be honest with you, track was his priority sport because that's what he was going to play in college. So he would miss lacrosse games, communicated ahead of time, would miss lacrosse games for track for track meets. Hmm. Well, that is a uh, I would I would think that that is more of a special scenario because most people cannot get away with not practicing at their team sport and still be either good enough to play a bunch or um, you know integral enough to the team that they can get away with that. Like Tom Brady can miss training camp practice for 11 days and get away with it. And uh, your backup quarterback cannot. And so I think that, well, I guess you're right. That can't happen. I feel like that is more rare and I don't want to make that a choice across the board. And you got to remember for track and field athletes, they can practice really anytime. So he can get his training in with the coach before school, after lacrosse practice, whatever, it's, you know, but again, that was sat, they sat down and communicated that with the lacrosse coach and the track coach together. So everyone was on the same page. Another reason I said esports doesn't need mandatory practice because the kid can go to football practice from three to five, go home, do his homework, and play esports from eight o'clock to 11 o'clock at night and still get the same work in. So I, right. I feel like, I do feel like we're saying the same thing now in a different way, which makes me feel better because everybody on Twitter had me thinking I was a moron yesterday. And uh, I'm glad that the administrators are, are feeling more like I am today, maybe just with different packaging of the message. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I think it's one of those things where, you know, you can hold events and they can start at four o'clock and you could be a football player. And maybe you miss that, that day's practice because you're an esports athlete and you have to be at that event because that event is important. You know, it's no different than if you had a football game, you want to go to esports practice and miss your football game. You know, and I think that's the communication piece is huge, but I think providing an opportunity and I know they're looking to do it in the middle schools as well in that sixth, seventh, eighth. And if you can get the more kids, you can be active within your, within the school walls at a high school setting, you know, I think is huge. I mean, we, we strive ourselves here at being high participation numbers all the time. And you know, we had 68% of our student body participate in one sport last year. And then if you add all the clubs and activities that we offer, whether that's theater or band or chorus or any of the 30 different clubs that we offer here at the high school, 
you know, we're up to 93%. And so 93% of our student population, if adding esports adds another 2% of our population to, you know, to bump that up even more, more to it. I mean, we're adding bass fishing this, this fall. And it's just another sport that allows kids an opportunity to be, be a part of something. David Marlowe, Athletic Director, Mount Mansfield Union High School. David, appreciate you clearing some things up and having the discussion with me. And uh, we'll do it again down the road. Hey, best of luck in your fall seasons, which are uh, beginning uh, not too long from now. Yeah, thanks, Brady. Take care.